So, Nick, to begin with, can I ask you to describe what your new paper covers? Well, it's basically about the four different national health services we now have in the UK. I mean, if you were a visitor from Mars, they all look the same. You wouldn't think they were different symphonies, let alone different symphonies by different composers. But the fact is that all four of them are diverging in different directions since devolution. And so, then, in a sense, they make a natural laboratory, a natural test bed, in which you can compare and trust the effectiveness of different approaches, and very little of that is happening. There are bits of it, but it's very difficult to do because the data is not comparable between the countries. And basically the paper is saying this is really rather daft. We ought to do something about it because there's a huge opportunity here going to waste. You make the point in the paper that difficulties in comparing data is one of the reasons why you think there have been really limited efforts to date, particularly by the governments themselves, to compare and contrast the different policies and their impacts and what efforts there have been to do comparison have tended to be independent. Do you think there are other reasons underlying their reticence to get involved in cross-country comparisons? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think there's just some basic politics. I think it's a mixture of fear and pride. Politicians are worried that if full comparisons were done, their system might not be turned out as good as they claim it to be and vice versa. And this is a kind of disease that affects all four countries. It's not just the Welsh feeling that or the Scots feeling that or the Norwegian. You know, the English too. In England, you have debates still within parties about the role of markets, for example, versus targets or other approaches or management. But even England, when faced with Scotland and Ireland, wants to believe it does it better. And there's a little worry that if you do the comparisons, it might turn out that it doesn't. And that applies across the piece. And it makes it very difficult to discuss all this because it's full of political sensitivities. And you tread into this area bit like walking through a minefield of unexploded bombs. If you say the wrong thing, people jump down your throat and say you're not being accurate and you're not being fair. And actually we need to get over that and start taking advantage of the fact we have four very similar but diverging systems from which we can learn a lot. So let's get on to discuss some of the areas of difference. One of the areas that I think a lot of people will know a little about is the different approaches in the four nations to the internal market. What did you find there? Well, clearly, the UK has adopted more market-like principles in the way it runs the NHS, and with Andrew Lance's bill just having gone through and another massive reorganisation taking place, that's being even more firmly embedded. Scotland and Wales have firmly rejected that, gone for a much more managed partnership approach. And indeed, of the four countries, Wales and Scotland are closest to each other in the way they manage things. Northern Ireland's kind of odd, and as it's sui generis and always has been, technically there is a purchase provider split, though it's not very clear that it operates very effectively or aggressively. And they, in a sense, are the really big differences. They're probably the hardest ones to analyse because you're asking very fundamental questions. There's loads of other areas where different things are happening in the different countries. Famously in England, we seem prone to major structural reorganisations of the NHS on a almost biennial basis. It's different in some of the other parts of the UK, is that right? It has been. I mean, sort of organisation, reorganisation and re-disorganisation might be called the English NHS disease, I think. Scotland and Wales have been much more stable, and until recently Northern Ireland. Not to say there's been no change, but the scale of organisational change has been on much more limited areas. Let's move on to preparedness for the financial challenges already being faced and about to be faced for the many years to come. Some quite different approaches in the different countries. Well, the the fundamental point is that all four systems are facing essentially the same challenge, which is very tight spending, medical advance, rising obesity, all the common problems that health systems around the world face. But it's interesting that England has gone for flat spending in real terms, keeping spending level in real terms. 
but it's declining in Scotland, it's even declining a bit in Northern Ireland, and Wales, it's actually being cut quite significantly. Although, interesting, Wales has cut social care, its local authority funding, less hard. Now, now clearly, that's a compare and contrast, if ever there was one. Moving on then to social care, there are some clear differences both in terms of funding, as you mentioned, issues about differences with access to free personal care, and also differences in how social care is integrated with health care. What did you find? Well, clearly one of the big differences there is that Scotland went for free personal care after the Royal Commission report in 99, and England firmly rejected that. And I think politicians on both sides would say they were right. You know, in Scotland it clearly has cost a lot, and it's continuing to cost more, and it's, you know, waiting lists have developed, so there's a bunch of problems that some people might have anticipated might arise, but it's clearly very valued. In England we've gone down a very different route, and we've had Dornot approach it through an entirely different route through the funding. The most interesting example is Northern Ireland, where, of course, health and social care funding has been joined as one budget for years and years and years. But, again, the theme of this paper, there are very few good studies on how effectively that works, and particularly on how effectively that works compared to how it works in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, where it's done differently. And it would be good to know the answers, and there must be answers out there if only you did the work. You're clear in your paper that you're set out to describe differences between the different nations and make a strong case for the opportunities for more evaluative analysis of performance. But if pushed, if you had to pick and mix between the different policy approaches in the different countries, are there areas of particular success in particular countries that you might be inclined to, certainly at the very least, research a bit further and perhaps try and get all four nations to emulate? Could it be, for instance, that you're a fan of Scotland's approach to electronic records or England's attempts to tackle and depoliticise hospital reconfiguration? Well, that's quite a challenging question in a way. I mean, clearly... At some level, Scotland has done better with shared care records than England has, perhaps for being less ambitious. There's clearly interesting debates to be had around inspection, inspection of hospitals and healthcare, where we've now redesigned our system for the fourth time in a decade, but it's not clear whether the inspection systems in other countries are particularly good. But again, there's a possibility to learn some things there. All four countries looks as though they're going to face very large hospital reconfigurations. The English approach, if it holds, of having an independent reconfiguration panel, so you take some of the direct politics out of this, provide more expert advice, seems to me a promising way of going about it because it helps to have a more rational debate, which is not to say it won't be surrounded by emotion and competing values and priorities, but it does seem to offer a better way through. What direction do you think the divergence that we've seen to date is going to take in the future? Do you think the four nations are becoming ever more different in their approach to health and social care? Or do you think the reverse is the case and the nations are beginning to learn from each other and copy each other's approaches? Well, there clearly are areas where the countries have learned from each other. The smoking ban in public places, which Scotland pioneered and the others followed. The use of targets for waiting times is now pretty common and more rigorously enforced in Scotland and Wales than it was originally, without hitting quite the terror and targets approach that the English have adopted. So there are areas where things come together. Clinical networks, for example, all the countries are developing those, but doing it in slightly different ways, and there's opportunities to learn from that. 
But more fundamentally at the moment, clearly on the sort of big issue of do you want to apply market-like mechanisms to your health service or not, the divergence is becoming greater, they're not smaller. But Wales and Scotland, the approaches are not dissimilar. They could learn from each other. And it will be interesting to see what happens to the English approach in the long run. You could take the very bold view that this is the fifth or sixth attempt to get commissioning right in England since 1991. If it's judged not to work very well yet again, then what do you do? Do you go down a more competitive road with health-managed organisations where people can choose between them to provide their care, or do we abandon it and head the Scots way? I mean, the answer to that question is a good five, six, seven years away, but it might one day prove to be that. You never know. Different camps in the health and social care policy world hold different political philosophies, if you like, about what the levers for improvement are in the system. In England, we've historically had a tendency to put a lot of eggs in the commissioning basket. In other parts of the UK, they've taken a different approach. Do you see differences in the overall philosophy for how to ensure that quality is assured and improves across the system between the different countries? Well, clearly there is an element of ideology in this. So I don't use ideology in an abusive sense. There are different ideologies about the way you should approach these things. But ideology should be informed by evidence, and you should have some idea whether there's good evidence whether it works or not. And it's interesting, for example, that both Scotland and Wales would now say that quality is a central part of the way they're approaching it. They're trying to drive quality in the belief that you're doing the right thing with the right person at the right time in the right place. Not only raises quality, but probably saves money. And that was a very big theme of Darz's report at the end of the Labour government. And it's sort of disappeared during the row about Andrew's bill. But it's sort of coming back post-Francis. But they all say they're doing the same thing, but they're all doing it in slightly different ways. So why don't we study what they're each doing and learn which is the best approach? Thank you very much, Nick.